Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Law Firm Growth Podcast. So I've been getting some great feedback on the episodes that we've been doing around ad platforms. So I wanted to talk about something that's been on my mind a lot recently, which is particularly looking at the changes in ad platforms over the years and how to predict them. So working with companies like Google and Facebook has pretty much become a non-negotiable for most law firms and most companies like mine that work with law firms. You're in partnership with Google and slash or Facebook, whether you want to admit it or not. And as long as they're a place that people spend their time, which isn't something that's going to change anytime soon in my estimation, it's something that's going to be the case. So like any partnership, it makes sense to understand the other party's motivation. And we've been seeing a lot of really weird moves from these platforms the last year or so. And I've recorded podcasts on changes to the Google platform. And we've seen increased costs on Facebook and a massive wave of bans earlier this year, which actually ended up affecting us personally as well. So why would a partner want to do this to the people that are, you know, air quotes, feeding their ecosystem, and in some instances, paying them tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars per month. And to me, it boils down to the old fable about the frog and the scorpion. And for those of you who haven't watched the crying game, here is basically the synopsis. I'm taking this directly from Wikipedia. A scorpion wants to cross a river, but cannot swim. So it asks the frog to carry it across. The frog hesitates, afraid that the scorpion might sting. But the scorpion argues that if it did that, they would both drown. The frog considers the argument sensible and agrees to transport the scorpion. The frog lets the scorpion climb on its back and then begins to swim. Midway across the river, the scorpion stings the frog anyway, dooming them both. The dying frog asks the scorpion why it's stung, despite knowing the consequence, to which the scorpion replies, I couldn't help it. It's in my nature. So not the happiest story ever, but again, it's not exactly apples to apples because I don't think Google is going to sink when it ends up banning your ad account. But ultimately, we need to know what is the nature of a company like Google? A lot of people point to this whole like uh, do no evil policy, which they've done a really, really great job of popularizing with their pre-R, but that actually isn't it. The prime directive for Google is the same as the prime directive for any company that's regulated by the SEC and listed on the stock exchange. And that directive is to make profit for the shareholders of Google stock. Everyone up to and including the CEO Sundar Pichai can be canned if they stray from this directive um, and they can be canned by the board of Google. Same with Facebook, same with Snapchat, same with any company that you can buy ads on today that is publicly traded. So while we're talking about commonalities as well, let's talk about the business model that underpins every single one of these platforms. And that's basically build something that a lot of people use and then make advertisers pay to get in front of those people. That's it, point blank period. Whether it's getting people to browse the newsfeed on Facebook or being the first step to find a website that you don't know where to find on Google these companies are worth hundreds of billions of dollars because they have built the best mousetrap for a certain thing that everyone does on the internet. And going into the economics of this, that group of people, which includes you and includes me, is the product for Google. It's the product for Facebook. The last 20 years were basically fought to be, for those platforms to become number one. But ever since we stopped hearing about MySpace and Ask Jeeves and that kind of thing, the supply has essentially become capped. Google is now a verb, right? The battle is over. They're pretty much going to be getting 80% of the search volume from now until the end of time, unless something dramatic happens. And now I think that a lot of the changes in the strategy that we've seen from Google recently has been in response to having passed this hurdle of, of maximizing out the supply, right? Google used to be able to gain revenue and profits by getting additional product, i.e. audiences that they have to sell ads against. But because they're so ubiquitous at this point, there's 
basically diminishing returns to getting new eyeballs. And, you know, maybe we're talking about emerging markets, but definitely, definitely not in the U.S., right? So how does a company continue to increase their profits when the supply is fixed? And let's kind of think back to Econ 101. It's by increasing demand. And the reason that we see click costs rising every single year very repeatedly is because more advertisers are competing for the same terms. But that's also starting to cap out. And one of the reasons that we've stopped pursuing as a company, uh, Case Fuel, we've stopped pursuing new business for our Google AdWords divisions because it was basically impossible to find anyone who hadn't heard the pitch before. You don't need me to tell you probably how many people are going to pop up in your inbox the day you open your practice to let you know how easy it is to uh, you know get on top of Google and you know how fast it is and how good it's going to be for your company, right? So on, on some level, the demand side is saturated as well. You know how to advertise for bankruptcy lawyer Los Angeles. You have 15 pitches a week from people all over the world who can help you advertise for bankruptcy lawyer Los Angeles. Bankruptcy lawyer Los Angeles is itself getting diminishing returns from you, the end user, because there's so much competition for that term. And this is totally fine. This is actually the, you know, the end goal of supply and demand equilibrium from a pure economics perspective, right? The supply is equal demand. And, you know, as things change a little bit, it's going to move, but more or less the market saturated. But that works for basically everyone except for Google shareholders. How is Google supposed to post quarterly profits that are going up when there's equilibrium in the product? And this is you know, not only for next quarter, but the quarters to come, which is going to be able to help us predict what they're going to do. And honestly, that goes back, in my opinion, to increasing supply. And I believe that this is the end game of the recent push from Google, from Facebook, from a lot of these different platforms towards automation. So let's take a look at some of the recent changes to the Google Ads platform. The first thing that I can point to is changing match types. So we're not allowed to do exact match targeting anymore, which means that you can no longer only target people who type in the exact set of characters, bankruptcy, attorney, Los Angeles. Instead, you have to target people that are close to them, which used to be called phrase match. So somebody types in bankruptcy lawyer, Los Angeles, that'll work. Bankruptcy attorney, LA, that'll work, right? So you're not able to pick the specific target. You're, you're able to kind of pick a basket, right? And another thing is uh, they recently got rid of something called broad match modified, which means you can't only target searches that contain the word bankruptcy and the word attorney. So this would pick up stuff like best bankruptcy attorney, bankruptcy attorney, Glendale, bankruptcy attorney, ben Beverly Hills, that kind of stuff. And they recently took that away. And then, you know, that's basically headed to the, uh, the great, uh, great algorithm in the sky uh, in June later this year. So that's another option that they've taken away. So what you're kind of left with is this broad targeting, which is something that we never recommended. But basically, uh, that means that you could be paying $20 a click for somebody who's searching for Sears bankruptcy or how many people filed bankruptcy because of COVID, that kind of thing. Related terms, but very, very broadly related. And back in the day, what we would do and our, our best practice against this would still exist uh, to some extent to setting up negative keywords to avoid this. But wouldn't you know it, another change that Google made recently was removing the ability to look for the actual words that people typed in, which is known as search terms. Um, so basically, they've removed the ability to see search terms for a really good percentage of the searches made. So we're basically not able to develop a negative keyword list and we're forced to go broader than we ever have. What do these trends have in common? In my opinion, Google wants fewer people to be manually controlling their bids. And why do I think that's the case? Because I think they're wanting to do this to expand their inventory, to expand their supply and you know, boost their profits moving forward. So basically, if everyone knows that bankruptcy attorney is the key, the keyword that we want, if everyone wants to pay for bankruptcy attorney, no one wants to pay for Sears bankruptcy. Google's only making money when people are typing, typing in bankruptcy attorney. But if the only option is to run ads to go for broad keywords, and you can't even see when you're paying $20 per click for Sears bankruptcy, 
Google starts making more money on crummy low intent searches, which means the profits go up, the shareholders are happy, and everyone gets their year end bonus, right? It's good for everyone except for you, the advertiser, right? And ultimately, Google already has all the searches it's going to get. You know, we're not going to find another 20% of the population that's going to suddenly start using Google. We're all using it. And basically, the only way to make money is by making more money per search. So to kind of flip it and use a more positive example, if you're familiar with the whole concept of quality score, Google will actually give you effectively a discount when your ads get a lot of clicks. It's, you know, not trying to do this to be a super cool company, though. Like ultimately, if your ads are getting clicked twice as much as your closest competitor, they are twice as Google is twice as likely to make that money on a click. So even if they give you a 25% discount on your cost per click, they're still in the black because they're making more money because every single they're more likely to get a click every time someone searches. It's all about earnings per search. So here's an example of a policy that benefits us as advertisers. And I don't think that's one that's going to go away because it ultimately serves that profit motive. Here's the commonality here. If it makes Google money, you can expect it to stay for a long time. If it makes you money, then, you know, it's going to stay as long as it also makes Google money, right? So using that same logic, do you think we're going to see more control over keywords or more automation? If you think Google is going to give you the reins back, you really haven't been paying attention. It's not in their best interest. And however important you think that you are to them, there are a million other advertisers that are willing to jump in that auction the minute you decide to take your business elsewhere. It's a cold fact, but it's a fact. And if you can kind of imagine a world where every advertiser was fully automated, Google would essentially be setting its own price for any search that's being made because it's bidding against itself. You're giving it the reins, right? And that in theory would be a 100% monopoly. I don't know if we're going to get there soon and I don't think we're ever going to get there personally, but I think every step that we take towards that like platonic ideal is going to drive Google's profits up. So in the long term, I think that's the direction they're going to try to take the platform. So using that frame of mind, uh, I wanted to talk about something that's been very popular recently, which is local search ads or LSAs, right? So if you listen to, I'm sure this is the only legal marketing podcast you listen to, and I'm honored if you are, but <laughs> if you listen to anyone else, you, you've probably heard of these because it's basically an evolution of the pay-per-click model, right? So essentially, instead of paying for a click and figuring it out on your own landing page, you can pay Google for a call and get charged directly. So why would Google want to do this instead of continuing to do the pay-per-click model that's been working more or less for the last 20 years? And let's kind of take a look to their interest in this. So in order for Google to make money, you, the end user, has to make money. And I'll say this super candidly because, you know, we made our bones fixing this for law firms for years. But the part about getting a click is easy, right? Getting the person to clicks to call is hard because most people don't know how to make a site that works, let alone a site that works for this type of traffic. And, you know, to this day where our legacy clients, we crush it on our conversion rates with the campaigns that we still run, you know, probably about 25, 30% on the high end for some campaigns, but a lot of people out there, and this is generally the people we were selling to, we're converting at 10% or under, right? So unless they want their cost per call to balloon into thousands of dollars for stuff like personal injury, there's really only so much that they can pay per click and still be making money and still be coming back every month to Google. But, you know, what if you took the landing page out of the equation? And that's effectively what Google has done with these local search ads. If the average law firm doesn't have to worry about 90% of their traffic bouncing because their landing page stinks, they're going to make more profit. And if they're smart and if they're aggressive, they're going to take that profit and sink it right back into the channel that generated it. So for the average advertiser that wasn't able to figure out the landing page stuff, Google has just created a ton of value with the LSA model. But let's just think about this for a bit and think about where the end game goes with this. If you look at markets that people aren't afraid to spend money in, and you know, personal injury is always a classic one. These guys will always jump on stuff first. 
the costs for the LSA model like started out pretty low. And, you know, in the markets where this has been around for, it's it's currently going for, you know, $150, $200 a lead in some markets are super competitive. And we're talking about within a range of months here. And I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to go up because if people keep making money on it, they're going to keep putting money back into it. This is just market dynamics. The cost per click was pretty high for personal injury, but, you know, moving up from making $50 a click to 150 plus is probably, you know, three, four times what they were seeing for the individual clicks, the major markets. So it's probably a hefty increase in their earnings per search. Now, I'm not about to claim like the death of paid search or anything like that, but I will say based on what I know from Google, I would expect things to continue to go more in this direction before they go less in this direction. Ultimately, I'm not here to judge the motives, but you know, like all of you, I'm considering where they fit in with how to make money selling legal services. At the end of the day, you know, we've spoken about Google, but these are the same motivations that exist with all of these platforms. If you're looking to build a marketing foundation that's going to be delivering results for a long time, you're going to be best served if you predict these platforms to act along these lines. And ultimately, that's in their own self-interest. Making you profit is cool, but making themselves profit will always supersede that. So anyway, I hope this wasn't too dark of an episode, but uh, hopefully I've given you some food for thought. And I will be here with you guys next week, Tuesday at 8 a.m. Eastern for another episode of the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.